back to Insurance Happy Hour. This is Laird. And I'm Becky. Hey, Becky. Yet another week in quarantine uh, doing a remote podcast. Yes. But, you know, you may hear it or not, but there's someone mowing their yard on my streets, which is a common background noise for Insurance Happy Hour when people mow the, the, the grass outside the ITC office. So yeah, it kind of feels yeah. like we're back at normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also on top of that, you, you don't have the trucks going by. You don't have people looking in the office going, Oh, what are you doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> or somebody in the office next door talking really loudly on the phone. <laughs> well, it's only happened a couple of times. <laughs> and what's great is one time I had to cut a part of our episode that was actually good because if you turn the volume all the way up, you could actually hear the conversation. Ooh, so I yeah. was like, oh, so I have to cut that out. But yeah, you know, I, I think that the, there's been a lot of uh, podcasts born. You know, it, it's, it's, we're not having, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's not just quarantine babies. It's quarantine podcasts that are being born. <laughs> yeah, I did hear, I was listening to a podcast because of course I was um, recently, just in the last week where they were talking about the number of podcasts started since the pandemic and everybody's been, you know, quarantining and stuff. And I can't remember the number that they said, but it was a lot of podcasts that have started in the last few months. It's a lot of podcasts where people really just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's secretly my worry about this one is that people just don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, while we were gone for the few months we were, uh, there was definitely a lot of people that I heard from saying that they missed our our weekly chats. Yeah, I, 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 I got that as well. I, I want... You know, I love our listeners. I love the people that actually engage with us. I, I just hope that there's more because we see that there's more. I mean, there, we see there's a lot more actually that listen to this, you know, dribble of, of, <laughs> of what we do here. Also, it's funny the delay because, because I'm watching your video while we're doing this and yeah. then I see the delay on something that I say. So. <laughs> yeah. I no, I I do agree. I I would love to hear from more people. You know, I love hearing from the people I do hear from usually every week um or every other week or so, but I I would love to hear from more people. What, you know, is there something that they would like us to talk about? For one, because or or would they like <laughs> us to shut up? <laughs> uh that's also an acceptable answer. I mean, it, that yeah, that that is fine. Um you know, so if if you are a listener of this podcast, you know, reach out to us, share your thoughts. We want to hear them. We really, truly do. Whether it's on Twitter, on LinkedIn, or our email address, which I forget what the email address is, Laird. Yeah, isn't isn't that our standard close? Are we done? Are we are we done with this week's episode? Five minutes but- in. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Oh, wow. I, we, we had a lot of engaging topics today. I'm uh, very happy about it. I was not prepared. That's not true. All right. Um, and then you, uh, you called me yesterday all, all giddy. I did. What was, all, what was that all about? I got to be a guest on Olivia Schmidt's podcast, You Don't Know Schmidt. 
she no i don't know her actually i know you don't because she and i actually talked about how she hasn't had the chance <laughs> to meet you yet but she she's heard of you and uh, she knows who you are <laughs> Okay. Well, first of all, she hasn't had the chance. That sounded like that that word was actually used differently. It's like I haven't. I, I, it doesn't sound like it was like I haven't had the pleasure. It's I've been lucky. I haven't been able to meet him. Oh my god, I avoid him like the plague. <laughs> I, 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 she didn't say that. Look, um, look at you capitulating on that. <laughs> you don't have an answer because I'm right. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what she said, but you can listen to it yourself on uh, Tuesday when the episode drops. So, what did y'all what did y'all talk about? So since you don't know Olivia Schmidt, I'm assuming you have not listened to her podcast, but oh, I She has a podcast? That it, Really? I just <laughs> said. <laughs> oh yeah. You just live to torture me sometimes. Um, she, <laughs> <laughs> I love flustering you. Yeah, you do. Uh, she, she, her podcast, she interviews women leaders in the industry um, and talks about not just their careers, but their personal lives, their family lives, and kind of how things are intertwined a little bit. Um, talks about their journeys and you know just the things that has helped them and how they want to help others and so you you know me um you like talking about yourself shut up uh (laughs) promoting women in the workplace and encouraging and supporting women in the in the workplace is one of my passions um it is something that i for personal selfish reasons i'm very driven by, but also I see value uh, in having more women in leadership positions um, across the industry. And so getting a chance to be on her podcast was, was a huge honor for me from that perspective, but it was also just fun talking about, you know, my, my career journey, how I've ended up at ITC now for nine years, (laughs) how that started uh, how that's changed over the years and, and all of it. So it was, it was just, it was a really fun conversation. Yeah, that's, that's good. Cause you know, in this, in this climate, there's a lot of, a lot of concern making sure that uh, we're, we're providing equal opportunity to everybody. And you, we've talked about it on this podcast before is that I, I'm more of those people. I want the right person for the job. Like, and I get on people all the time. Whenever someone says, yeah, there's like 50 man hours. No, there's 50 person hours. And then, um, I had a couple, we were just hiring for a position and, uh, it was like, whenever you get him in the position, like, no, when we get them in the position, because you don't know if it's a him or her, you know, it's, it's stop defaulting that we hire men because that's not how we are. So I, I think it's great that you, you you're kind of championing, <clears throat> championing that. And a lot of times when I, and I haven't really listened to our podcast, a lot of times when I listen to, uh, women championing, you know, that in there, in there, they talk more about how they balance work life and home life. And that seems to be a common topic. And a question, did you guys talk about that? We didn't talk about work-life balance. It was more just 
you know, we talked, it started off kind of talking about the pandemic and what that's been like with the whole family at home for the last few months. And, and, you know, I talked, I talked a lot about my kids more than I ever have on this podcast. Um, and, you know, shared, shared some more about my life as a mom, um, because that is part of who I am, you know, mm-hmm. even, even at work, I'm still a mom. Um, and then, and then it kind of just transitioned into the career journey. We never, we never really talked about how do you balance being a mom and work full time? That was, that was not something we really discussed. Yeah, uh, that's, that's good. Cause a lot of times you get in there and it's just about, you, you know, it defaults to your, a lot of times they default to family. Yeah. And, and being the driver of the family. But then you go listen to podcasts with male leaders. They never bring up their family. They're always talking specifically about the industry, something specific. And one of the things I like about you when you talk about these types of things is, is you're more like in the workplace trying to help people. And like, you, you know, let's, okay, you have your home life. Everybody has home lives. That's my thing is everybody has a home life, whatever it may be, good, bad, ugly. But you try to mentor and coach people at work of how to be better at work, which I think is is a lot different than a lot of people are out there doing whatever they're talking about these things. And so I, I, I like that perspective that you always bring. So I think it'd be good that she brought you on. <laughs> Fed your gee, ego. Gee, thanks. Gee, thanks. Fed, I appreciate that. Fed your <laughs> ego just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, everybody likes talking about themselves. And so getting, and it's something that is always been more of a challenge, at least well, we're for experts me, at it. <laughs> uh, is, is to make sure I'm promoting my own successes um, and, because that's an important part of furthering your career. Um, and it, I've, been, it I've, I've hounded you about that. Yeah, you have. And it's, it's always been, it's always been one of my challenges. And so getting an opportunity to actually talk about some of that with someone was a great way to do that without feeling very uncomfortable about it because of the format of the interview process. Yeah. That was a very interviewee. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not. And what I like about Olivia and the way she does her podcast is the interview feels more just like an organic conversation, kind of like the way we we do ours is is just a natural progression. Unscripted. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing in front of us is liquor. <laughs> it's, it's a natural progression of just how it starts and then it flows into kind of the next subjects that she has planned. Uh, and she does it very masterfully. And but because there are some interview podcasts that you listen to and it's you can tell it's it is very scripted and hers is yeah. not like that yeah well uh, i've i've always thought that i need to teach a master class and uh it, it'd be a three tier class the first one would be you know talking about your successes phase 2 class 2 would be uh the the art of the humble brag <laughs> <laughs> you're good at and that then, too I am. And then the third is bragging and not giving a shit. <laughs> and once you're able to do all three of those, you, you, you can perfect business because you have to use all three of them in your career in some way, shape or form is that while there is no I in team, you know, there is me. 
got to re- rearrange some things and all that. But a lot of times you have to bring, um, you, you have to bring more to the, the forefront of what you do, because there are people that just steamroll people for no reason. Yeah. So you have to be good at it. I know we always talk about tribe. The one thing I haven't used yet, and by the way, it's totally in my mind, is that while there's no I in team, I is in the middle of the tribe. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's, that's no. I'm in the middle of the tribe, but you could say that to everybody. You are in the middle of this tribe. You are, you have a I mean, group I, of people I, surrounding you. <laughs> I get it. Just that sentence structure is terrible. Well, because you always think there's no I in team and then you got to. Oh. No, no, just there, there is no I is grammatically incorrect. It feels like, I don't know if it is or not. I'm trying to think about it in my head. Oh, if there it's grammatically, if it came out of my mouth, it's grammatically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Having spent nine years reviewing your writing, yeah, probably. <clears throat> <clears throat> Thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> so, all right, what do we got this week? Uh, okay, so this is another news story I saw in Coverager um, about Walmart. They need to start sponsoring us. I know, right? <laughs> well, they have their own podcast. They probably won't. But uh, <laughs> um, did you hear that Walmart is now opening an insurance agency officially? No. Yeah. I, I Seriously, I did not hear. Um, I've been around some some places that uh, have tried to work with Walmart in terms of insurance. So I'd love to hear what they're actually doing. So they're, they're actually focusing on health insurance. Okay. Okay. Makes uh, a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not doing PNC, at least not right now. Who knows what the future may bring. Um, but they, they posted some, a job description on their career page for looking for insurance agents in Dallas, by the way, to work at their call center. Uh, and the, the job description starts with, yes, you read that right. Walmart now has an insurance agency. <laughs> so what they're looking, they're looking to hire so, Medicare. So what, what brag category did that go into? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just love the fact that they put that in the job description because you read so many dis- job descriptions and they're boring and yeah. hard to parse. I mean, that's what we, that's what you do. We, we should start off job descriptions like this, buddy. No shit. <laughs> ITC is hiring. It's your opportunity to come work for the world's greatest insurance technology company. Yeah. Yeah, but so they're looking to hire Medicare insurance agents uh, to start in August to enroll customers in Medicare health insurance plans um, over the phone, obviously, in the call center. Interesting. What's really interesting about that is it also talks to what they're trying to cater to, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times that I've heard from whenever Walmart has been exploring insurance and all that, they've worked with kiosks, they've worked with uh, – you know, kind of third-party <clears throat> uh, providers that are offering uh, car insurance, 
and it's not at the front of the office, uh, the front of the store. It's back in the tire center or the repair center or whatever, where they're actually going, Hey, you know, you need to get your car inspected. Here's an opportunity to get uh, car insurance because you need to have insurance. That's always been the play. But so that, that's always made some sense, but. It's almost admitting, oh, you don't have insurance, right? No. All right. Well, you need insurance. Here, go buy a one-month policy to go get your insurance, and then you could let it lapse, and then you're you're legal, and you're good to go. To well, get you your get to register, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you're done. It's like a wink, wink, nod, nod, which I think is detrimental. Now, granted, I, I love non-standard auto. Non-standard is great. Um, but whenever it's a – it's every legitimate – agency, non-standard up there. They want their customers to retain. They want to keep lifetime customers. They don't want to have high churn because it's not beneficial for them. So I, I never really saw that working with Walmart because of the wink, wink, nod, nod. But their clientele, however, would be good targets for Medicare, um, supplemental health, stuff like that. Yeah. So that was that that caught my eye this week because you know there's a lot of people who are nervous about these giant companies who are not traditionally in the industry coming into the industry. It, it happened what was it? 6 years ago now? Was it that was it 6 years ago that Google Compare came to US? Yeah, and and, uh, and the five, constant five threat. Years. Yeah, and the constant threat of Amazon. Oh, Amazon's going to start an insurance. No, it's outside of their core business. Like every single time they try to do this, I'm like, if you really look at what Google Compare was really doing, the reason why they were an agency is because they had to be so they could get a split of commission, but they still had someone else close the deal. Right. That was the thing is they were just, they were transforming the lead channel. And if they had always looked at it as a lead play, it would have been a better thing. But. And, and, and all these big companies, all all these big companies coming in and, and saying they could be an in insurance again, they just don't understand insurance. They get sold a really great idea here. It works, but unless you're tying it, I, I, car manufacturers have always been a really great place, in my opinion. You just have to execute it properly. But like Tesla's doing Tesla or something like selling that. their own insurance. Yeah, and and you know, th there's a lot of other ones out there that GMs tried it. Um, so there's a lot of them out there. So I, I I wouldn't worry about these big guys. What I would worry about is what we talked about last last week. Mrs. I went on vacation and we weren't able to record an episode last week. We were off last week on Friday. The office was closed. I know, but you could have recorded it a day early. It's not like we haven't done that once or twice or. 28 times um, <laughs> we could have recorded two the week before we could have yeah i was out of gas after that that was such a that was such a beating after that one <clears throat> but when we talked about that that episode but something new happened this week that is actually related to that episode which again goes to the topic that we're talking about now is all state buying Nat Gen. yeah that yeah. was pretty big that was that was big news too this week. And I thought about talking about that as well, but I didn't know if you wanted to talk another week talking about Allstate. I know, but I segued. <laughs> you did segue. So I, I, I rode my, my way in on a two little wheel. I was, I was Paul Blart mall cop. <laughs> so didn't they go bankrupt? 
What Segway? I think they. I think they did. I think they did because how much stuff is going BK because of uh, the pandemic. Oh, Chuck E. Cheese went bankrupt. Segway went bankrupt. Uh, everything, and I, I assure you, your favorite restaurant will be out of business. You know, it's it's like they're all struggling, and, and restaurants are the biggest ones. Um, is uh, there's a there's a place that we usually take people in in Dallas to La Hacienda Ranch. Gone. Is it really permanently closed? Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so now we can't go there and they, they had decent food. It's just, they were in an odd spot. So I understand why they closed, but that location yeah. was, there was another one down, uh, Preston uh, still banks. Yeah. Yeah. Preston banks. Um, so, you know, but you know, getting back to, uh, Walmart getting into this and the worry that big, Big conglomerate corporations are going to get an insurance every time they've tr- they've tried. It hasn't gone well. It really hasn't. It, it, the execution's been really poor. And you look at Nat Gen. Nat Gen bought a lot of agencies. In fact, Justin Costa, a regular guest on this show, he has um, he sold his agencies to NatGen effectively. So now his Nat, his agencies are now all state agencies. He's like, it's full circle. I sold all state whenever I was an agent, you know? Yeah. So it's this whole, you know, it's this round tripping and everything, but even all the acquisitions that all state has made, NatGen has made, it's all rolling up that agents still drive it. And that's where nationwide is going is by going from, you know, exclusive agents to independent agents they're provide they're showing agents bring the value and there's no way that big corporate conglomerates can effectively manage those teams sure maybe one call center and all that but retention is not as good and and all that agents bring so much more value and all these big companies are sold on the value from an agency with agents perspective, not sold on it from a perspective of a call center. So, because the aqua, you know what, what they do is, you know, we talked about this last, last episode is that Allstate, while they're given that 7% because their acquisition cost is lower and, and their, their long-term costs are lower what they did say in that was that actually it's because their commissions are lower and they're not paying as much, but also they're, they're not telling you that the churn is higher. Right. And that's why they're low on the price because they're low on the price because they're trying to offset the churn. Right. And you know, one of the things that I think we as an industry need to keep in mind as we see or worry about these big companies coming into the industry, the best thing we can do is get better, right? Get better at providing that digital consumer experience whenever the consumer, however the consumer wants it. Get better at servicing, get better at at all of it, because that's just going to raise the bar that much harder for someone who is not in insurance to come in and take the market share. Agreed. <laughs> well said. I absolutely. It, it, you're 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 absolutely right. And that that's one of the, the struggles that I have about some of the talking heads in the industry is that we need to have people that are actually executing talked uh, talking and uh, that podcast uh, or the 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 webinar that you did with Stuart. Mm-hmm. The one. Uh, that, 
Which one? The one with, with Mark? Mark? With yeah. Mark? Yeah. That's a, that's a great one. You need a link to that as part of this, uh, this episode, but that's a really good thing that, that helps agents truly. You know, I don't, I very rarely talk about how to operationally run an insurance agency in the terms of day to day. Right. What I do talk about is I talk about how to operationally run a business. Big difference is that while every agency is a business, you run, you're running a business, but when it comes down to what your CSR should be doing, their workflows, their procedures, how they analyze the market, all of that type of stuff, I, I freely admit I'm not the best person to talk to. Right. If it's tech, if it's operation, it's, it's leads, it's marketing, you've kind of helped me on the marketing side. But um, we really need agents to step up in this industry. And I think, you know, I, I was sitting there talking to you yesterday and I was really and have come to the conclusion that maybe I, I've, t- I've talked out. Like I've said all the things that I need to say. I can kind of regurgitate what I've said before. But now we need, I see agents adopting technology and now it's time for them to operationally make their agencies better. Right. I agree. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there, there, there was some, you know, there, there's like this renaissance, there was a renaissance of like podcasts that were really focused on helping people improve their agencies. And it seems like there's been a kind of a dearth of those lately. And I was kind of hoping that Olivia's um, <clears throat> podcast kind of re- resurrects some of the better podcasts that are out here in the industry, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I certainly am, am one who consumes many podcasts um, in the industry and I'm not just saying this because I'm I'm a guest. On, I was a guest on hers, hers, but hers is one of my favorite. There are some I listen to because I feel compelled to, uh, but that hers I don't. I enjoy listening to hers every week. The dulcet tones of Becky and Lair probably puts people to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. You know, my voice is much, much uh, higher in my head. Like, I don't hear that my voice is somewhat lower. Toned. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I hear my voice. I hear myself talk. I'm like, my voice is that low? Really? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I sound like Jiminy Cricket <laughs> in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> This industry obviously has been around for a long time. And certainly I think the the evolution of technology is is ramped up at a rapid pace, but there's some technology that's been around forever it feels like. Um you know, like our 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 rating system started in 1985. Not everybody I think knows that or realizes that, that that is how long ITC has been doing rating. But actually, hold on. Let me correct you there. Okay. Is ITC has actually been providing rating software from before 1985. Here's the interesting story is that ITC was actually founded. And what, what we did in 1983 is we sold computers 
to insurance agencies. And back then, and what's really crazy is, is we've kind of come full circle is back then it was, you sold the hardware and really the software was ancillary. It was then a as value we, add. Correct. It was the value add. And then now as we've, we've completely come full circle is that now you're only buying the software, but really whenever you look at like an infrastructure as a service or a platform as a service, like Azure, AWS, uh, Rackspace, whatever, they've effectively done the same thing is they've, they've taken all the, they've taken all the PCs out of the market. But what ITC did is we actually, uh, sold the PCs and we bundled the rating software. And we did that from 93 or 83 to 84. Well, in 84, late 84, the guy who was doing it and his, he was down in college station, by the way, ITC was founded before applied ITC was founded before what was the progen, what, which was Vertifor or AMS at the time. Um, AMS was started with something else, but their first acquisition of true insurance or their move into insurance truly was 1983 as well. So 1983 was like a bellwether year for the insurance industry. <laughs> ITC, Vertifor, applied all had their roots, um, at that time. Um, <clears throat> but, down in College Station is where this guy was based. And he wrote a comparative rating software. Well, he called up one day and said, hey, I'm out of the business. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And so then they scrambled. And David Burlesmith, our old COO, who's now retired, he wrote Terminator. Bless me. I sneezed. Um, he, uh, he wrote Turborator in Pascal and he wrote it in like a month. And you know, David, he definitely yeah. would have done this. And then, you know, then we had Turborator and that was launched in 1985. And really there was a lot of, lot of innovations that came to the insurance industry during this time. Um, First of all, hooking up your PC to a modem. Uh, ITC was doing through Turborator uh, policy number assignment because uh, through like Progressive, if you think about it, what you did is you had a tranche of numbers or you had to call the carrier and get the next number and all that type of stuff for the insurance policy. Well, via modem, we would reach out to the carrier, grab that information down, and we would automatically assign policy numbers. First ones to do that. Um you know, first ones to do actual policy assignment where you actually get the pay, assign the policy or, or bind the policy through the rater. Um, and then even beyond that, it was first ones to do like credit scoring and, uh, you know, app uploads where you could upload apps to a, a carrier. You didn't have to fax it in. And it, you know, it's weird because ITC maintained like a bank of like hundreds of modems. And they were all stacked on each other. We had to blow fans on it to make sure they stayed cool. I mean, and we got the, we got the courier, uh, 5,600 bad boy modems. And like, they were the top of the line. We paid up because we always had to be up because the uptime was just as important then as it is now. 
And then really just throughout the years, uh, we were one of the first ones to do real-time rating, uh, first ones to do consumer rating over the internet for agencies. All of that was pre-2005. And then in 2005, that's when EasyLinks kind of came on the scene. Really, they were just a, a real-time rater. And then also Silverplume, which was the progenitor of PL Rater. Again, Vertifor just bought Silverplume. They didn't really have a, a, a raider that was, was there. Vertifor is really good at buying companies, but they didn't really have a raider at the time because they bought Rackley. They bought, they bought stuff from ITC. We used to do commercial rating back in the nineties and we sold that to Rackley. And so, and then Vertifor bought Rackley and then Rackley and Vertifor's commercial rating just kind of went away. So, you know, there's been a ton of innovations that have come to the insurance industry uh, with the technology. And it's just been a long journey. And, you know, you go into the 2010s, you, you see continuous improvement, better looking websites, two-factor authentication, working on iOS and Mac devices, and, you know, being available anywhere and everywhere that a client needs you. It's a really great opportunity. And, now is the time. Now this is my wheelhouse, Becky. Is that <laughs> now is a time that that every agency should be leveraging this technology because the same technology that is available to the insurtechs, to Walmart, to Allstate, to whomever is available to agents right now as well. So you need to be investing in your technology because you know that 2020 and beyond is going to be fun. There's got to be a lot of it, a lot of innovation. And, you know, I am always looking at like what competitors are doing and I'm always pretty happy when competitors are innovating because that means that it's a vibrant economy, you know, vibrant world. And I'm always looking for them to innovate. Just, I hope I was first. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, if, you, if you're not, if you're not innovating, you're going to die. You're like already dying basically. Mm -hmm. Right. But what I brought it up because, you know, I mean, we've, we, okay, so we, we've been doing this 37 years, not 35. My, my apologies. We're, we're going on 40 years of doing rating. But how were we the first ones? Like, the, I don't know that. Who was, who was the first raider? Really, you know, really some, the, the first comparative raider was that guy down in College Station. Okay. That that's really what the re reality was is that he had the first true comparative raider on, and it was all DOS based. And ITC was really in the business in the late two thousand, uh, the late eighties, and through the early nineties is the point of sale system. So if you got diskettes from like Travelers or Safeco or any of those type of, or Bristol West or whatever, you got the diskettes, and then, you know, it went from five and a quarter floppy to three and a half inch floppy to CDs. And you had those point of sale systems. Those point of sale systems were a lot of them, quite a few of them were written by ITC in the nineties. And so if you remember those, you kind of, you've used ITC software at some point in time. But since we had all those rates, we put them into a comparative writer. And so you can kind of see how they work together. Um, but from a standpoint of comparative rating providing uh, being there, it required the PC. Yeah. The PC is what enabled comparative rating. Interesting. So, because it, it, you know, prior to that agencies, they would have, you know, rate guides and books. And there were people even in the late two thousands that were still doing that. 
which just you know, blows my mind. Correct. It, it, it's mind boggling. But there are people that do that. And what you would have to do is you'd have to go through each one and you would have to figure it out. And that's why a lot of carriers really did not like comparative rating coming on the scene. While it opened up markets to new players and allowed them to open up, what it did is it caused people to pull back when it comes to um, their their rating and everything else uh, because the, the competitions opened up and it became more of a price-driven solution. But again, we've debunked that. We've debunked that comparative rating is about price. And you look at any of the marketing of even the new firms out there that are very savvy when it comes to how to market a technology or, or whatnot, they're savvy agencies. They're marketing on price. Yeah. They're marketing on the fact that you can get, we make you more efficient by providing you all the rates you need instantly. So you know the best market and the best market is the best price for the customer. I mean, I've heard you say many times over the years, you market on price, you sell on value. Like yeah, the, mar- it's- the marketing on the price is just what gets them in the door. Uh, you as the, as the sales, as, as the sales producer have to sell the, the right policy for the value of what it brings to that consumer. Yeah. And the bottom line, and I've, I've written an article about this and it's, it's fun to talk about it, but it is unethical to sell not anything but the cheapest one for same amount of coverage. If you have two options, you must ethically buy state's ethic boards. And when it comes to insurance, you must ethically sell the lowest price with all things being equal. But are things always equal in some regards? Yes. Um, if, you know, they're well-respected carriers that offer really good care, you know, coverage and the coverages are the exact same claim experience is the same and the price is the exact same, but you get better commission on this other one. You're spill, you're still supposed to sell the one that you don't get the better commission on Hmm. because you are being an agent or a broker for the the consumer and you are acting on their behalf or the carrier's behalf for their best interest to get them insured. And so it is imperative that you provide them the best price without your financial interests in, uh, in mind. Interesting. Those are actual questions. By the way, that scenario that I just put out for there is an actual scenario on the Texas ethics test. For the insurance, for, for, for the insurances, for the insurances, <laughs> you, you speak English good, Laird. Uh, I, I do well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've kind of been all over the board today talking, you know, <laughs> I get complaints about that, that we, we, we just go all over it. Like it's, it's a constant, like it, it, it's like an ant farm of of a discussion is that you could go down any trail and that could be a dead end or it could lead us to a whole new chamber full of new directions. And so this show is the choose your adventure of podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I think makes it fun. Dragon's lair. (laughs) What what, What makes our podcast a little bit different from maybe some others. But it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Did I say that out loud? 
Yes. That is, that is just an organic progression of a conversation that we're not, you know, that we are all over the board because that is how conversations work. Right? <laughs> Two people talking. Yes. Two people talking. Congrats. You start one where you end up somewhere completely different. I mean, that's how my brain works anyway. Have you ever like started thinking about something and then 10 minutes later you're on a whole different topic and you're like, how did I get here? And you like, backtrack your thought process to think about. I do that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And then I also have to have the the road markers that I go, okay, you were looking at this, you were thinking that, you looked over there, and I have to unthink whatever was causing me to think in the first place. And once I unthink it, I, I have multiple times been scrolling like a news feed, like on Feedly or whatnot, and I see an article, and then I, I as I'm reading the rest of them, I start thinking about it and I was like, Oh, I probably should go back up and research that. But then I see another article and I'm like, Oh, I want to read this article. So I read that article and I'm like, wait a minute, that made me think about something that I had to go look up. So I scroll up and then I have to reread the articles. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brain is just a rabbit trail sometimes that I have uh-huh. to backtrack and figure out how I got <laughs> from A to B. That's why, that's why I've never done drugs. I, I, I It would be a problem for me because <laughs> I would be all over the place. It, it'd be like, you know, oh, man, have you ever seen this, man? And then five minutes later, it's like, hey, man, hey, have you ever seen that? No, no, no. Have you ever seen this? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> oh, goodness. So... Dear listeners, what did you think about Walmart started an insurance agency or Allstate buying National General or the history lesson that Professor Ricksford gave us all today and comparative rating? Hit us up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. You can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. Uh, or reach out to us on LinkedIn. And if I remember the email address, I would provide it here. <laughs> I don't think it's even managed. I don't even think it works anymore. <laughs> we should so don't email us. We should don't email us. Just, just, just tweet. If you don't want to make a public LinkedIn. Twitter, send me a DM. That's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know what people privately think of this show. <laughs> yeah, you do. A little bit. You got to work on that ego again, right? Exactly. All right. Well, we're for 42 minutes into this, uh, adventure bonus episode for season three yeah this is this is our bonus episode uh this is actually episode 25 right yes all right you're extended season you're getting a value for your money season three part two all right well it's been a great episode as always thanks for listening
you know, often on the show, we always talk about the, uh, the price to uh, product value equation when it comes to insurance agents. And then I think about this podcast and sorry, you get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 